This is ContraCast, the show about tech, gadgets, games, and general geekiness. Welcome to ContraCast episode 31. My name is Paul Kwiatkowski. With me, as always, are my two friends and co-hosts, Mike Pulowski. Hey, what's up, guys? And John Kwiatkowski. What's going on, guys? How you doing? This today is April 13, 2010, and we're talking a whole bunch of stuff this show, um, such as Avatar on video, conferences, HTML, the new Microsoft Kin, a contest where you can win a free mouse. A high, yes, a <laughs> awesome free mouse. We'll get to that a little bit. <laughs> Some new apps and a bunch more stuff. Um, so to get started, um, anything interesting happened to you guys this week? Well, I've, I've, I'm done for the semester with essentially all of my work. What? Till exams. Oh, okay. You are too lucky. <clears throat> you are, John. Yeah, but I've had too much stuff due in the past week. To justify this. Yeah, I got all your tweets about that. Yep. I mean, li- living in the library for 11 straight hours. Uh, we, were, we were joking at work, John. I said someone should create a service online called Twambulance.com. <laughs> <laughs> where you can send your whiny Twitter friends. <laughs> John! <laughs> you can send the Twambulance to pick them up. <laughs> I didn't see uh, drawing that out later. <laughs> the twenty you <laughs> Mike, anything interesting happen to you? Um, not much really, just school going on. Uh oh I did get a call about uh an apartment finally. Yay! And so I'll probably end up living uh with Paul woo woo in uh, you guys, uh in complex. Ask for an upgrade the internet there or you guys do I'm going to do that as soon as I uh if in the building, to, like sign a petition to like up the internet speed a, a little bit. Well, I don't need to sign a petition. I just need to talk. To I mean, you can basically sue them for you know. Well, I can't like, sue them. Well, not sue them, but they say high speed internet, and it is nowhere near high speed or reliable. Compared to dial up, it is. Exactly. <laughs> well, at least dial up's reliable. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> more reliable than your internet. Your internet goes down every like five seconds. You, you obviously forgot that dial up could be canceled if you picked up the phone. <laughs> I mean, how reliable does that have to be when someone else in the other part of the house picks up your phone and oops, it's okay, gone. It's not as bad as dial-up, but it's close <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and, uh, how would you recall? What would you do? I went to a conference Saturday. It was a lot of fun um, called Bar Camp Charlotte, and uh, it was pretty cool. You Those uh, things or what? What's that? What was it about? Um, basically, it was an unconference, and it was just about a lot of issues related to the web. People, you pitch... Ideas, so there's no setup panels when you go. Um, so I, I, I actually even got and pitched an idea for a panel about uh, just basic podcasting, and I didn't get it voted in, which is probably good because I didn't come with any notes. I just uh, got inspired to to stand up and address the crowd. Um, I got a lot of votes though, but anyway, um, it was a lot of fun. I mean, you put your uh, your name and your Twitter name on your name tag, um, and Basically, I mean, people, you tweeted, like, hashtag Barcamp Charlotte. We talked about stuff all day long. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, talked about mobile development and 
HTML5 and other fun things. And also, I got motivated enough from that to uh, go and start learning uh, HTML again. So I've been doing that. I'll get to that. That's actually the link of the week is what I'm going to talk about with HTML. Okay. Um, but before anything else, John, you want to tell us about this nifty BMW spy camera? Yeah, I was on a on a Gizmodo today and saw a funny thing. It's a uh, like little BMW toy car on top of like a uh, uh, I don't know one. like a palm. It's a Nexus One. Oh, it's weird from the bottom view. Okay. How out of the loop are you? <laughs> I'm not out of the loop. Anyway. <laughs> you even say that. Anyway, it's um. It's a little car that's got a little hole, like, in the front bumper of it, and another little hole to the left and right of that. Middle hole's a camera, two side holes are microphones. It's meant to just, like, sit on your desk and record everything it sees in a 1280 by 960 and 29 FPS. Well, that's a pretty and, resolution. Yes, but it's good enough for, like, spying in your home and, like, your pets. How much storage does it have, John? Um, it's got a, it's got an SDHC car, which, I know SD, but HC, I guess, high capacity. Mm-hmm. But, um, I don't know how much exactly it doesn't list. But it's, like, 60 bucks, so, I mean, instead of, like, wiring in a security camera, you can just put a little BMW that's probably going to get stolen, too, on your counter, you know. I just thought that was pretty cool. I mean, that sounds pretty cool, but, um... But uh, it's only 60 wanted... bucks, so... Yeah. I mean, and it's got, like, LED lights for the headlights. It's the kind of thing you can probably just put on a desk and, you know, or on a door. Put a desk and, like, plug it in every night and, or every day when you're at work or whatnot. And see who's been, like, going through your stuff. Not suspicious at all. And what about... Oh, oh, um, this is kind of a big deal. Palm is up for sale. Um, as many of you might know, they basically completely failed with their whole Palm pre-initiative. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, <clears throat> even though the phone got decent reviews, it just—I mean, you, you, it only has two thousand apps right now. I, I think the commercial scared her away. I think so too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but Palm's up for sale, and um, it, it's looking like HTC might buy Palm um, because Palm holds a ton of patents uh, surrounding like mobile phones and like touchscreens and mobile operating systems and everything. And as you know. Probably, HTC is currently being sued by Apple for like twenty different things. <laughs> if they were to buy Palm, chances are they could overrule Apple on every single one of them. Basically, that would be cool. Yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting. Um, I also heard uh, Adobe's um, suing or trying to. They're gearing up to sue Apple. Yeah, it looks gearing like. up to sue Apple. Basically, um, the point behind that oh, is that Apple. Decided they're banning um, like non-natively written applications for the uh, iPhone, iPod Touch, iPhone OS, and that means that like there's a tool or Adobe's working on tools and everything that allow you to make programs in Flash and <clears throat> use the Flash written applications to like you go through this program, it converts them to code that is usable on the iPhone. Uh-huh. OS, but it's not natively written for it, you know, so it's like taking a Mac operating system program and then running it through some program and running it on Windows, you know, it's not the, it's not written for the pro, for the operating system. Okay. 
Um, but basically, this is just a move against Adobe. Uh, really, um, Apple seems to hate Adobe. You know, and um, but what else do we have in the news section of the show? Avatar is coming out on uh, Blu-ray DVD. Woohoo! Next couple uh, days. I'd actually uh, rent that and watch it on Blu-ray. Uh, it wouldn't have to be in 3D for me. Oh, no. Yeah, that's, that's the question. Is um, Let's look it up in, on Amazon. Right, so we got a two-disc Blu-ray DVD combo. Um, and note, this edition of the film is not in 3D, so let's find the one that is in 3D. You want to not do that? Sorry, my chair's on some stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sounded like you were crumpling up a milk carton, John. Exactly. Ooh, and Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy just came out on Blu-ray. Oh, cool. Is it going to be worth it to buy on Blu-ray since we don't have Blu-ray It's player? just a theatrical edition. Um, but... Oh gosh, where's the 3D version of this film? This is like the fourth time it said, please note this film is not in 3D. Mm-hmm. Special edition coming soon. Be careful. Um, <clears throat> this is pretty weird. I think they haven't released it, or when they're going to release the 3D one. I think it'll just be in Blu-ray at first. I know there's some 3D televisions, but I don't know exactly. Well, the question, yeah, is it, I mean, what the hard thing about this movie is that um, it was so memorable for a large part because it was in 3D, you know. Um, and that was, uh, a, I mean, a big sticking point. I don't think it would have been quite the film it was if it hadn't been in 3D. So are they are they releasing a 3D version of this film? Oh. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to find this. Yeah, that'd be kind of sad if the entire pitch for the movie, and a lot of what made it great was the 3D and effects, and you don't get to see it in that. Yeah, it'd be interesting, but the thing is, um, if you, I mean, if you don't release it in 3D, that's of course a weird point. But then, it's a, um, oh, it looks like there's no 3D version this year, so that's really weird. They'll probably release one when like everyone has the 3D TVs or whatnot, you know. I wonder. I mean, there's not enough 3D TVs out yet, and you know, you're gonna have. Uh, Fox needs a market. Basically, it looks like Blu-ray players capable of playing 3D in that form don't even really exist so much. Um, so that's an interesting uh, conundrum. It's kind of weird because now you see, like, I've seen at least two commercials for Samsung and one yeah. I think is Sony 3D televisions. <coughs> and they're so ridiculously expensive, and I bet they're great, but... Televisions, yeah, because What are you going to use it for if there's not even a Blu-ray player that's capable of playing 3D? Well, there's channels that you can get there in 3D. Um, DirecTV I mean, how much do you have to pay for that? Is well, DirecTV just has them natively, a handful of channels, but... Do they have, like, the, the 3D fish channel, where it's just <laughs> like, a fish aquarium all the time? The 3D part of the effects channel. Because um, I, I don't know if major major sites, or not not sites, but uh, major uh, television corporations that would broadcast in 3D. And, you know, I mean, would they have, like, Food Network in 3D or something? Yeah, this is a weird thing. Especially, I mean, this is, I understand it not coming out in 3D, but it's so weird because it, it, um, it has, uh, you know, it's been, I mean, that was, like, the 
to me, that was probably one of the biggest things about this movie is that it was so cool in 3D. Um, so that it's it's not it's pretty weird. Um, but who knows? Maybe the 2D version will be just as good. It just uh, that was really immersive. <laughs> um, so let's see what else we got here before we move into other parts of the show. Um, yeah. All right, so what's the link of the week? The link of the week this week is w3schools.com, and that is where I've been learning HTML. They have all sorts of different coding uh, things there as well, but it's like step-by-step tutorials with an awesome uh, coder and our coder template demo thing, um, and it really makes uh, learning HTML a breeze. Um, it basically, it goes through like each. I mean, it goes through like breaking down segments, and then it lets you test things. They get the code out, um, and you can modify it. And all you have to do is click a button, and you can see exactly what the changes are. Um, and it's cool. I mean, <laughs> very cool. Um, Good question, Paul. Yeah. When did you learn your first HTML? When I was like eleven. Yeah, I thought because I, I, I remember you like younger, like making a primitive website. I made a link farm. I made Paul's cool links. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, here it is, almost a decade later, and I'm doing it again. Everything I've learned so far has been review, though, of what I did previously. Um, but I figure it's a good, you know, thing to learn. I mean, I was uh, I was in an HTML5 session at Bar Camp and. Uh, it makes you want to learn a lot of code. <laughs> um, but it's definitely worth checking out. If you're interested in doing any kind of um, learning about coding, uh, CSS, HTML, any sort of web business, just go check it out. It's totally free, and I cannot recommend it more. Um, I think if you spend, it's the kind of thing where basically if you spend like two weekends or nights for a week and a half or two weeks doing a lot of uh you know, brow- like flying through the chapters, you'll get, um, you know, a whole lot of education on this sort of stuff. So much that you can really start changing how you're working on the web and, um, you know, be completely worth it. Um, and then the apps of the week this week. Um, the first one I'm going to go ahead and fly through, and then the second one we're going to talk about a little bit. The first one is called We Rule, and I talked about it last week just a little bit, um, but it's a... It's kind of like a Farmville clone, but it's got some economy elements built in, and it's totally addicting, and I highly recommend it. <laughs> um, Question, though, Paul. Yo. What happens when you want to quit? We rule? Yes. Does it suck you in? No, of course not, no. <laughs> it, uh, it's very quick. I mean, it's not... I mean, it's very quick. What am I talking about? It's just a lot of fun. You build up, um, farming is part of your economy, but so is other things like building uh, quarries and windmills and other sorts of stuff. And um, you build up an economy and you build up a town or country, basically. Um, and it's fun. <clears throat> and I need to recruit a friend so I get a thousand gold. 
So I don't want to be your friend. Paul, but I refuse <laughs> to play any game that is even related to Farmville. This reminds me of Farmville. Honestly, this reminds me of playing Age of Empires without any enemies. This just reminds me of doing the economy and building. AOE two. What now? Farming reminds me of AOE two. Mm-hmm. I mean, that reminds me of that because I look at my town and this, and I look at my towns in Age of Empires, and I'm like these are fairly similar. Uh, and then the second one we're going to talk about is Opera Mini. Now, Opera Opera Mini um, is a alternative browser for the iPhone OS, and it's derived from Opera for the desktop, Opera on Wii, Opera all over the place. Um, and it's built on WebKit like Chrome and Safari, um, and it it's kind of surprising that Apple allowed it to be put through because they usually... Re- they usually um, reject things that kind of defeat the core functionality of um, the operating system. So this would be like uh, Safari already exists, so it's surprising they didn't reject it. Uh, I think why they didn't is because it, what it does is um, server-side compression. So before it sends you a web page, it compresses it by as much as 90%, which in turn loads it extremely fast. Um, Lifehacker did testing, and they found that on average... Web pages load in about 15 to 20 seconds on the Safari browser and about 5 seconds on the uh, Opera Mini. (laughs) And I think that's why, because it makes browsing usable again on the first generation iPhone, browsing the web. Um, But it has a number of cool things. It has tab browsing, um, which functions a lot more like a desktop than the... uh, slow version of Safari and where it basically it zooms out and makes you switch between web pages and it's not at all handy. It's not fast at all. Yeah, uh, Safari, it does have that cool animation where you see the full web page but uh, Opera, the Opera browser, it has just like a little pop-up and you're on the same window and you can just select between several different uh, tabs or you can click on the a plus button they have where you can just go to your uh, uh, saved um, websites and just click on that and open a new tab with that. And another thing that I really like about it, Paul, hmm. is um, the hold on the click links. Yeah. You just hold your finger for a couple seconds, and then it gives you the option to either like look at the look at a picture in a different window, or just open um, open the link in a new tab, which I find very useful. Yeah. Um, Safari has the same deal. You hold on a link for a second, and it tells you you can open it, uh, do nothing, or put it in a new window. Um, but it's just slow, <laughs> you know, comparatively. Um, this is this has a whole ton of features which are really great. A whole bunch of uh, options. I mean, you can make it full screen. Um, you can you can change the image quality. How depending on how fast you want to load a page, you can change the text. Now there are some shortcomings though because this is rendered server side. Basically, on Safari you can zoom in and zoom out and stop at any detail level. This has a full view and then a zoomed view. So you, you either tap the screen or you move your fingers, and it zooms into a default, like, full-size view. Yeah, I noticed that too, Paul. Um, so the thing is, it's not it's not ideal if you're looking at a website. <clears throat> and, and because of that, the zoomed-out text is very small. It's unreadably small. Um, whereas the iPhone or the Safari operating system is actually readable when you're zoomed all the way out, basically. Um the, so the point being, like, if you're trying to do something like scroll down, say, I don't know, Gizmodo or something, and you're looking for, um, you're just looking for articles that are interesting, and you're maybe reading the first paragraph of them, 
You can do that on Safari, but you can't really do it on Opera Mini, being that um, you have to zoom in all the way. You can't, you can't really um, you just kind of zoom in a little bit and make it, you know, so that the text is pretty readable. <laughs> However, it is pretty cool. It rotates all the way around. Um, Safari doesn't do that. <laughs> that was funny. I just had it upside down for a second there, Paul. <laughs> Yeah, I just noticed that. Um, <laughs> but it's definitely worth checking out. It's totally free, and especially if you aren't on the fastest network. Um, for instance, in my apartment, I don't have a very fast internet connection, um, and so sometimes I'll be, you know, like I was just playing a game today um, in a little bit of spare time, and it was, I was just doing stuff in the game, but I was also browsing on my uh, iPod, and it's it's a lot faster when you do that than Safari is. Um, and like I said, the tab browsing works wonders. It is, uh, if you want a more desktop-like experience, this is definitely for you. Um, but it's got, I mean, it's got some shortcomings. It's not a, because of that, I don't think it's a perfect application. Um, but it does have a lot that the, you know, you're used to on the web, and it is very pretty and functions very well. Um... And basically, you know, we'll stay tuned. I'm not. I'm not sure. Some of the things about it, like your your tweet decks and your Facebook and your mail links, are not affected by this because they still default open up in Safari. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how much this gets used. You know, I mean, I guess um, on maybe the iPad, it might get used a little more. <laughs> Well, the way I see it, Paul, is um, I hope it's basically, you know, Opera's getting their foot in the door to Apple, you know, to open yeah. up, to get Apple to open up to other applications that, uh, like, maybe a Chrome application that that mimic, um, yeah, that mimic things that... No, the, that won't happen. That, I mean, it probably won't happen, but, because it's Google, of course, yeah, and Apple. Yeah, it would happen if there wasn't a hate-competing uh, phone operating system run by Apple. All I'm saying is, um, it's, it's basically... Um, Apple's at least, you know, like, being more open to the, the applications that it does allow on their um, uh, store as far as um, applications that mimic, you know, the web browsing feature that they have on the original. Um, yeah, so definitely go check it out. Go check out both of those. Um, you know, they're, I mean, Opera Mini may not be for you, and We Rule may not be I mean, for you. <laughs> you, can, you can try Opera Mini, and, and it's free. It is free. So uh, let's move on. And now... Um, we've said we're doing a contest, and um, it's hard to say. I think we're going to wait a little bit to announce it, and we'll talk about something else, because right now there's no one in the chat room. Um. <laughs> I don't think we have to have someone in the chat room to do it. I mean, I guess we could just do uh, buy iTunes reviews. Well, we'll we'll get on to that just a little bit later after we discuss the next thing. And um, What is the next thing? The next thing, friends, is the Microsoft Kin. The next big thing. And John's indecipherable <laughs> song. <laughs> so the Microsoft Kin was announced yesterday, and it is the culmination of the long-rumored Project Pink, which was originally rumored to be the Zune phone, and then we got some spy shots of it, and it looked like a sidekick kind of deal. Um, and Project or Microsoft Kin was announced. It's coming to Verizon next month. There's two phones, and they're both sliders. 
So mm. you're looking at Kin 1 and Kin 2, and Kin 1 has uh, a kind of rectangle screen. It's running at 320 by 240 resolution. Basically a thick palm tree. It kind of looks like that. Um, and then the second one definitely looks kind of like the Samsung Rogue, maybe. Um, but More the, like the Samsung Glide. These phones are interesting. They're calling them social networking phones, um, and they Sorry. they don't run applications. Okay, but what they do do is they they are very the the design scheme of the operating system is very much taken from uh, like Windows Phone Seven series. Or seven, I think they dropped the series, so it's just Windows Phone Seven. Um, and kind of, it's like there's there's different features on it that are pretty cool. So you've got you've got all sorts of um, you've got like your email and your phone and everything, and it's it's very picture oriented and very uh, like feed oriented. So what this is doing is like pulling in data from Facebook and Twitter and Cough MySpace. Um, they still think it exists. I know, uh, and other other networks, and you can push out data to them. So it's got a little button, a little dot on the bottom of the screen, and what that is is basically you drag content there to share it, and when you drag it there, um, basically it gives you the option of who to share it with and where to share it. So you could write a message and drag it down there and choose to put it on Twitter, and it just goes there. Or you could write a... you could upload a picture and put it down there and it chooses to go to uh, Facebook. And it looks pretty sharp. I mean, it's not, I mean, obviously it's not a cool, you know, lots of apps thing. Um, But for a pure, you know, keeping you connected type deal, it seems pretty cool. Um, So it's got, uh, it's got a very good camera on the second one. It, the the there's two different types of cameras. The Kin one is is a square, basically squircle shaped slider, fits in the palm of your hand. It's got a 320 by 240 screen, which is the same resolution as the original Zoom, which is pretty low. It's not that bad though. Yeah. I mean, it's horrible. Notice it? No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's it's horrible. It, it basically looks like a football to me. <laughs> like it's I don't know. I just I have I see no reason why anyone would want that phone. Yet a lot, like even a fifteen-year-old. Like, well, I that think that, what's the phone that's out now? That's I think that this phone is the kind of thing. That it's I'm not sure what kind of browsing capabilities you have on Facebook and stuff, but I think that this phone might be something that might appeal to like Mars sister or something. Um, <clears throat> but it's got a five megapixel camera, VGA video recording, and four gigabytes of non-expandable storage. Uh, and less RAM than the other one. Mm, that's cool. Um, they both run on NVIDIA Tegra, so we saw that in the Zune. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, that's a 7-megapixel uh, system on a chip, or 7-core seven, system on a chip, um, that it enables all sorts of things. I mean, high-def uh, video out, I'm not saying that these might be able to do that, but video recording, um, 3D animation, and other sorts of things. So it looks like that will be powering the operating system um, and other sorts of fun little stuff. But um, the Kin uh, 2 is a a better looking one. It has a 320 by, or 480 by 320 screen, which is the same as on the iPhone. Um, It's got a bigger keyboard, which isn't quite as cluttered looking. I don't like the look of the keyboard on either of these phones, though. It basically looks like the Palm Pixie or Palm Palm. 
Palm uh, Prix 2. Well, this looks... It looks like the Palm Prix 2 keys. Just the keys. Yeah, I guess. Um, have, you seen, have you seen the Palm Prix 2? You mean the Plus? Oh, the, yeah, the, the Plus. They're the same, it's the same as the Palm Prix. I mean, it's the only I mean, thing the keys look exactly the same yeah. to me. Uh, so what you're getting, you're getting a bigger keyboard on this. you got the wider phone. Um, it's got an 8-megapixel camera, so holy cow. Um, 720p video recording, 8 gigs non-expandable storage, um, and it looks pretty nifty. I mean, it's got, apparently the uh, UI is really slick, um, like the Zune HD and Windows Phone 7. Um, basically, it looks to be, they're made by Sharp. It looks to be the kind of phone that, it's not competing when you're in the smartphone space, but it is completely uh, competing when you're looking at getting like an Envy Touch or a Samsung Rogue or basically this this is competing with taking over what it's conventionally dumb phones, you know? Yeah. So its goal is to keep I, I don't know, but to me they both look like balloons. Balloons? Like they look really thin. They look like they've been inflated and they're just like Hanging out there. I can the the Kin one looks like a joke to me. I would never want. That. Oh yeah, the Kin, the Kin two looks the, the Kin two, which is like if I wasn't interested in applications and I just wanted to stay connected. I mean, if I was looking for a pure communication device, this looks awesome. It's I mean, got email. It's got. If I was if I was a sixteen year old girl, I'd want the second one. <laughs> yeah, but but even not. I mean, the, it's hard to say because we've got you know. I mean, we're we want applications and stuff. But I think that this might have a real pull for someone who's, who goes in there looking for a replacement phone and they see what looks like a decent phone. You know, it's got a decent camera. I mean, 720p video recording is nothing to scoff at. Um, yeah. It does look like a, um, a great beginner's phone, you know, for, like, parents or somebody who doesn't know quite how to use, you know, applications but, well, or something like that. But then again, I mean, if this if you're I mean, not looking it's advanced too, I'm not saying it's for beginners. Yeah. But the interface seems to be designed to where everybody can use it, kind of like the, the. Well, it's designed to put information you want to see right at the forefront of the phone. So your information about you know your what your friends are doing and everything. I mean, it, I think it just appeals to a wide variety of customers. Was the idea? Yeah, this is. I mean, this phone like we can talk about apps all day long, but, but for instance, this phone overrides the necessity for like a TweetDeck app or something to be able to use Twitter. You don't need to go to mobile Twitter. You've got that set up already on this. Um, and you've got feeds coming from everyone and nifty pictures and, you know, um, it, it's hard to say. I mean, I can't wait to go try one out when they're in the stores. Um, I mean, obviously, it's not something I'm interested in buying, but I think that this will probably be successful. If anyone, if anyone out there, you know, has connections and want, wants to send us one, <laughs> we'd be glad to uh, review it for you. Yeah, um, I mean, I think the same way. I mean, you you remember uh, back at the end, the beginning of the year, you saw Envy touches everywhere. Oh yeah, I think yeah. this is going to have the same appeal. I think this is going to have a, a touch screen. Um, I mean, it's capacitive. It's going to have, uh, you know. Uh, a interface that people like messing around with. Um, you can install programs. I, I don't know. I just I, there's something about this phone that's really appealing to me. Um, I think if I had if I had a choice between um, like if if I didn't if I wasn't getting the Android and I just had my iTouch and I just had to get a regular phone, I would probably get the second phone. Yeah. Just for the fact that it has very good resolution and a very good camera, because 
if I'm ever in a situation where I see something funny that I just want to whip out my, you know, phone and take a video of, you know, you want it to be good quality to be able to upload to YouTube or something like that. Yeah, it's funny. This one, the same way that people, I mean, the, the iPad is furthering simpler computing, this is kind of doing that for phones, if you think about it. And I, because yeah. it's not saying you have to have an app store and you don't have to, you know, you don't have to have a whole bunch of stuff. It's just uh, a handy-looking phone um, that that it meets... It, it's like somewhere between a, a dumb phone and a smartphone. Because you've got your email that's it's handy. You've got your um, your social networking, which is above and beyond a typical dumb phone or something. But then you've got, you know, so you've got your smartphone features, but then you're missing your applications and your, your other stuff like that. But... You know, it'll be interesting. I mean, I wonder what networks they'll add into this. Um, it's it's going to be on Verizon originally, right? Is that what you said? Yeah, it's coming to Verizon uh, this month, or next month, rather. Oh, next month. April or May. <coughs> um, so you go to kin.com, and I'm waiting to see if it loads. It's probably going to blare some music at me <laughs> and uh, tell me things. They're marketing at hipsters very heavily, and I don't understand that because... I don't know. To me, that's a weird market for this. To me, this phone could be aimed. I mean, they're they're saying this is the this phone is being aimed at 15 to 30 year olds, whereas Windows Phone 7 is aimed at 25 and up, uh-huh. which I think makes sense. I mean, this phone. the The hard thing is that I think um, a lot of the market that would want, uh, you know, that might want to skip intro, please. Um, Sorry, that already has an iPhone or has a conception of what they want out of a phone would be kind of disinterested in this phone. Um, (laughs) But, you know, at least it's got Facebook, uh, MySpace, and Twitter. I think I would not be surprised in the least if they added Foursquare to this very quickly. (laughs) Their website is incredibly slow. It's probably just flash-heavy. Yeah, it's flash I mean, it is flash-heavy, but... I wonder if it's also accessible. What's that? You mean it non iPad accessible? Yeah, non iPad accessible. I think it's probably just that there's a lot of people looking at the site right now. I mean, this just was announced yesterday. They've been marketing it all over Facebook. Uh, I don't know if you noticed the there's been polls on the side. Um, you know, have you like heard of Microsoft Kin? I'm really interested in how the interface would actually work. Yeah, that's what we're going to try and look up. I'd, I'd like to go through it on there. John, what do you think? Would you be willing to... I mean, would this appeal to you in the least? Yeah, not at all. Really? I, I don't I don't like the look of it. I don't like the style of it. I mean, I don't like the first one at all, John. I mean... I, 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 I'm just saying, I, excluding the first one. It, it's, I, yeah, I just don't like it. I, it looks like a 14-year-old chick's phone. So what they got here is an interface demo, and it's not fantastic. You got your apps, favorites, okay. So, so have an it's a three, this is, well, it's applications with things a phone can do. So you got, like, an alarm clock. I'm not sure what this is at the bottom here. Um, you've got your messages, your phone, your email, browser, so it's got the web, obviously. Camera, music, and more settings, alarm clock, search, and something else. Um, then you've got basically a communication spread. So if you're looking at this, it's got uh, Katie Jordan meeting sis for retro show from Twitter. Uh, someone from Facebook, 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 Facebook. So you've got like 
Um, so it pulls stuff from Facebook? It's pulling stuff. Basically, it acts as a friend feed on your phone. So you're pulling stuff from all over the place, and it's sticking it on your phone. Oh, my gosh. Did they have colors? Oh, no, you can just change colors of the text. Oh. <laughs> I was about to say, if this is in red, well... <laughs> <laughs> and then you got a favorite section. So... Like you go over here to the right, and let's say you want to you want to be able to very quickly access things from you guys and at Extra Life and you know um, a few other things. Maybe I'm sure you can put websites over here. You you just flip over there and tap it, and you're good to go. Um, <clears throat> so you said this wasn't a social networking phone, or it is? This is a social networking. Phone. Oh, okay. And I think we're seeing part of you know we talked about Windows Mobile Seven a few shows ago in what is one of my favorite episodes of all time. Um, I think that you're going to see part of how social networks are involved in that because that pulls in like when you go to a contact or something, it shows you their latest data. You know, I think when you're going to be looking at contacts in this, you're going to see them their online stuff as well. So it's like if you went if you went to my contact or something, you might see what I've done on Twitter or what I've done. It'd be kind of like Buzz is, you know. Buzz pulls in things from all over the place. Um, so this is going to be constantly pulling feeds from the Internet. Um, my one question would be, what exact plan would they, you know, advertise with it? I'm thinking with Verizon, I, I know all their social networking phones now, I think they require you to pay for a BlackBerry, or not a BlackBerry, but... The basic yeah, unlimited. This plan. is probably going to be a fifteen dollar a month plan. <clears throat> I would I would be willing to bet. It's got a beefier browser um, than is in the wind or the Zoom HD, so you're going to have a little bit faster internet experience, which is good. Um, it's definitely three G capable, right? Uh, yeah, I mean obviously, yeah, yeah. I mean, our, well, EVDO Rev A because it's on Verizon. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know. I like it. I think it's cool. Um, but I, I wouldn't buy one unless it blew me out of the water. Um, because at this point, I kind of expect more out of a phone, you know? I mean, this doesn't have any kind of games on it. And Yeah, I'm usually one of that pers- one of those people who has to, like, have it all or, you know, nothing on it. All are the basics. This Well, this looks like a good evolution for what you're going to get in your standard um, phones. So you're not looking at some kind of dumb, proprietary, terrible operating system like this, you know, the LG MV Touch. Um, I mean, as far as the operating system goes, I, I really like it. I think that it's, uh, I think it's sharp, very it's very to the point. Um, and I think it's funny because the operating, the operating system and the user interface design over the last two, three years, I think Microsoft's really uh, been pretty innovative. You know, I mean, as far as the user interface on, like, the iPhone or something, it's pretty, but it's not anything new, you know? It looks like old Palm interfaces and BlackBerry interfaces, whereas what Microsoft's been doing is pretty nifty. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You guys want to say anything else before we move on? Um, I I think we've about summed it up. About the phone would be... I'm very interested to see what the price would be for a phone like this. Yeah, Gizmodo did some speculation, and they said they can't imagine it's going to be more than 150. I think, if anything, it'll probably be something like 99, 100 for the the Kin 2, and 49. 50 or 60 or 70 or something for this one. If they went above and beyond, it'd be 99 and 150. But I think that'd be dumb for them because. 
when you're getting up that high, you're passing an Android phone. You yeah. Know, you're passing yeah. The, uh, the HTC Android <clears throat> phone. Um, and I think this appeals to different people. I mean, I think that someone who might be turned off by playing with Android might pick up one of these phones and, and really like it. Um, uh-huh. We will follow this as it is released. And anything else before we announce our nifty contest? No, it's about time. Okay, so, contest. What do we want to do for it? Um, I I vote we go for the iTunes review. Okay, we see yeah. that. Let me see that. So, folks, we'll be announcing this on the blog and on Twitter and on Facebook and all over the place. If you listen to ContraCast and if you give us a review on iTunes and we judge it to be the most creative, you can win a Rosewill 800 DPI mini optical USB mouse that is in the rough shape of a rectangle. It has a curved top to fit your hand more comfortably. It is white color. It features a whitish beige color set with a USB 2.0 cable coming out of it. You will need Windows 95 and up to run this mouse. Sorry, folks who have a uh, Windows. <laughs> Sorry if you're running 3.0. <laughs> and somehow have I have a USB interface. Um, <laughs> this mouse is valued at above zero dollars, but below one hundred dollars substantially. So it's all it's, it's an original packaging, and uh, you know it's a nifty mouse. So if you are looking to get a mouse, a three-button mouse uh, that you can plug up to your laptop or desktop or not your iPad, um, <laughs> this mouse is for you. So like we said, leave us an interesting, uh, humorous, creative review on our podcast feed on iTunes. And what we judge, all three of us, as the most creative will win. Um, and also, we might have you on the show. <laughs> um, a one caveat, because shipping is expensive to places that are not in the United States, if you are not in the United States, feel free to leave us a review. But the best we can do is have you on the show, because shipping ain't cheap. So, anything else you guys want to say? Um, we will determine the winner before, uh, the next ContraCast. Uh, please submit all your submissions to, uh, iTunes reviews. Um, we will announce the winner on the next ContraCast. Uh, we will announce your, uh, username or whatever you put down to write the review. Um, you can then email us at, uh... We'll take care of that once we get to it. Um, we'll keep up with you via our Twitter account. So, Mike, where can people talk to you <laughs> on the internet? Um, people can contact me at twitter.com forward slash Mike Pulowski. John, how about you? Get in touch at twitter.com slash J underscore Kwiatkowski. And do you know where people can find the show? The show? I don't know, Paul. Where can they find the show? Are you playing dumb, or do you actually know? No, I'm just returning that question to you. That's... I think I'll take this one, Paul. People can uh, find the show at um, twitter.com forward slash Contracast. For the future, John, when I ask a question, it's because I want someone else to answer. <laughs> uh, 
Wait, you said Twitter. Yeah, and the show Blogspot account is contracast.blogspot.com. I am on Twitter at contrapaul. Twitter.com slash contrapaul. And check out the at contracast account, like Mike said. And with that said, we will talk to you next week, and we'll give out a free Rosewill 800 DPI mini optical USB mouse beige-ish white in color. So stay tuned for that. Adios, muchachos.